Welcome to this latest episode of Comeback. My guest today is Neat, who is involved in fashion design and content creation. We're going to discuss these topics as well as Vietnam and a little bit more. Neat, how are you? Yeah, uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, yeah, it's a good day. I'm feeling great. Nice to see you. Yeah. yeah is this your it. first podcast appearance? Um, my second actually so I had one like a few months ago uh, in English also with like um, with like a group of students in Vietnam yeah oh, so cool. we discussed fashion as well but more like sustainable fashion mm. yeah was that podcast based in Ho Chi Minh yeah but oh. we did it online so it ah. was happening during the lockdown right yeah. cool yeah. yeah I did I think a hundred on zoom during the lockdown because there was yeah. nothing else to do mm. we had to stay in our room so I did that, but I much prefer face-to-face podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Is this your first physical podcast? Yes, right, you yeah. can say that. Yeah. yeah, it's better you get a much better rapport with the guest mm-hmm. whilst on Zoom. If the guest makes a joke, it mm-hmm. will be a two-second lag, mm-hmm. and I'll go, ha ha. And, and also really the quality awkward. wasn't that good, like mm. with Zoom, you know. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of technical issues. Yeah. I got interviewed once where I was the guest, uh-huh. and the guy texts me a week later saying, it's unusable, can we do it again in person? So we met Ooh. again and it was better uh, but okay. yeah, yeah zoom can definitely cause some issues <laughs> for sure how did you manage the lockdown how did you find uh, it i actually enjoy it very much i actually find it's very weird when things opening up again uh, i know but like um so during the lockdown which started in june so um my friend a friend of mine who's quite actually quite famous in, in vietnam yeah so yeah so he's quite famous online he's like an uh, influencer kind of he's also a businessman he asked me literally suggested like asked me to um, start a TikTok channel because he's like you know you have the experience in uh, fashion you've been here and there so maybe maybe it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be great if you just you know do something to share your story to the community especially to the young people you know so yeah I I started it out and TikTok it's not like YouTube with YouTube, you can do like one long video, like a week. Um, but with TikTok, it's better if you do it like almost every day because the, the video is short, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, something mm. like that. So I started to do it, um, spending my uh, lockdown time. I, ha- I had a full-time job, actually. So uh, I had to balance my full-time job online and doing my uh, TikTok channel at the same time. So actually quite enjoy it, it was very busy. But I enjoy it. Um, yeah, so my lockdown time wasn't, wasn't that bad. I quite enjoy it. Um, yeah. yeah. I see. Did you find that when things opened again in, say, October, it was quite tricky to adjust? Yes. It, it's got a little bit weird. I felt lazier than when I was in lockdown. I know that's the weird thing. But uh, when things start to open again, you, you know, you have the pubs, you have the restaurants, you could see your friends now. And I'll be like, um, you know, I put my work on the side a little bit and I started to socialize a little bit more so um, I got a little bit distracted so mm. the last one and a half month has been a little bit weird it's for tricky me. Yeah. because I thought that in the lockdown you mm. knew what you could do and mm-hmm. it wasn't very much so you could eat I found it quite easy to make a schedule mm-hmm. where I would read in the morning go to mm-hmm. my gym and run do mm-hmm. my podcasts and I was so scheduled mm-hmm. and in such a great routine that now it's out of this and I can go and meet people mm-hmm. and go to different locations. I have found it a little bit, a little bit challenging to get my head around. Yeah. Like I have a social battery, and occasionally it goes a bit. I think, what? Oh yeah, I can actually meet people again. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, messing myself up a little bit. Like 
I, I've been going out quite often lately. Yeah. <laughs> you can say it. You can say it. Yeah, so I got drunk. Yeah, like every two or three days. <laughs> no. I, I I quite enjoy it. No, it's good fun. Come on. Yeah, I true. Mean, yeah, true. We deserve yeah. it. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, we did go through a three-month lockdown, so I suppose why not party here? Yeah, no, I'm the same. Yeah. yeah. I think I've been going out for dinner most nights. Mm. I think I clocked last week was four nights. The week before was five. And I'm thinking, that just did not happen. <laughs> before, I think it was just this shift I had where I have to go out. I almost feel slightly pressured to go out now. You know, if I don't do anything, I think, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. I've not done anything for three months. Now I have the opportunity and I'm not. Because I had that thing during lockdown, I'd say, when things are opening, I will never turn down another invitation again. You know, that kind of thing. And mm. then it comes to it and you do. It's just <laughs> the way it goes. Yeah, it was kind of bizarre. But uh, also within Saigon, did you grow up here? Where did you grow up? Uh, I was in Nha Trang. So I was born and I grew up in Nha Trang. I was like, I was never so used to Saigon. So um, I left Nha Trang when I was when I finished my high school, so basically when I was 17, and then I off to the UK, and then, you know, it's a long story, yeah. to the UK, and then to China, and then back to Vietnam, moved to Saigon in March. Right, okay. That's <laughs> so I have less experience than you in this city. Yeah, I was going to ask you <laughs> things and tips. And you could, uh, no, just try me. Right, okay. <laughs> Where is your favorite restaurant? Uh, one, one second. Restaurant? Say, say favorite pubs, could you? Pub? Yeah, favorite pub. <laughs> pub or pubs, yeah. So I like Evita. Evita, yes. Yes, yes it's I just do. around yeah. here. Yeah, it's yeah. literally on my road. Yeah. I can walk there in two minutes. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's up there. What, why do you like that? Is it the pool table? Is it that? Uh, no, I couldn't play pool. But I like seeing people playing pool. Oh, okay. And um, it, it's just, it's had a good vibe. It's a little bit like um, old school and it's very casual, like very casual, which I like. I don't like, you know, the, the place where, you know, there's like two too formal or too fancy or you know mm. I, or you know people dressing up too much yeah yeah it's just like you know did you ever occasion. go to buddha or the original uh no buddha baha okay mm, no cool. should i um uh, maybe uh, there are pool tables there you can observe it's got that kind of it's the closest i've got to a british pub here alongside mm. that in d2 which i've told you but yeah that's why i think when I used to live in Saigon, uh, when I first moved, sorry, mm-hmm. in July 2019, I lived in Tanfu district. Do mm-hmm. you know Tanfu? Yeah. Yeah, and it's very Vietnamese. It's busy, it's hectic, yeah. and there's not much going Industrial. on. Industrial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I moved, when I discovered Tao Dien within mm-hmm. three months, I had all of these British pubs. I thought, oh wow, <laughs> this exists here. I thought Vietnam was literally just Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. realise there was this Western scene. So mm-hmm. it was, an, again, a bit of a shock, and ultimately I ended up moving. We, we had a chat yesterday, me and some friends at a party, saying you kn- they knew they would move to Taodian. You know, the first time you come, you think, I'm going to end up moving here. It's just too much, too appealing in terms of the Western vibe. So yeah. there is that side of things. But, but do you find it like a little bit safe for you to be here? Like maybe too safe? Do you mean as in too familiar uh, yeah. from back home? Uh, mm. To a point, yes. Mm. Uh, I feel like I would be comfortable living in, say, D3 or Funyan mm. or... Mm. D1 is too touristy. D4, that would be good. But here, I quite like how quiet it can be at night, where, yes, you do have the bar scene, but mm-hmm. the roads are wide open, and I live 
down this hem, as you see, rather than a Vietnamese alley where there are dogs barking and roosters and traffic. So I'm quite comfortable here. I'm not sure if I can move now that I'm here. If that makes sense. Yeah, because some of the some of the expats they they would like like the real Vietnamese scene, so they would choose like more like busier areas. Yeah, but yeah. I still I still go sometimes. I go quite regularly to Funyan D1, mm -hmm. D3, going to D5 this evening. So mm -hmm. I I do see it, and I did Tan Phu for nine months, so I mm -hmm. did get the Vietnamese experience. Mm -hmm. So now I don't mind that much mm -hmm. living in Tao Dien where everything's mm -hmm. expat populated. Yeah, <laughs> I'm quite comfortable. But you quite like living in D4, you said. Yeah, D4, um, but it's very close to, to D1, so it's very easy to reach, mm. go out very, very easily, yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying my, my time here. It yeah. Bad, yeah, let's talk a bit about Nha Trang. I've been only on a visit, only on a, a mm -hmm. weekend, so I d really couldn't see everything. What's it like to grow up in Nha Trang? Um, well, nothing much when I was there. So. Uh, we we were me, me and my family. We were in, like in the city center, so it's a little bit on on the side, like of the city. So it's pretty peaceful. So you have the seaside, just ten minutes walk away. Yeah. So um, I, I had a very like um, peaceful childhood in that sense. Like I was a very good student. So it's a big thing. So, right. Okay. So it's so it's it's almost just about you know going to school and then got home and um yeah and that's it i didn't have so so much so so many friends like uh, i was a little bit um quiet and um i enjoy doing things that you know my friends didn't like so i felt i felt quite um lonely this time felt a little bit alienated and uh, i don't know if i should share this but um uh uh so I was being abused like all, all of my childhood until I was like um, 17 because my dad was very violent like if he would have any like um little problem during the day or if he's just unhappy about something if something happened during the day that didn't follow his um plan or something then he would put it all on me so I was used to be beaten up since I was like a baby and one time like the worst time that it happened was when I was nine so I didn't know how long that it lasts but he basically just beat me up inside the house you know using housing tools and all of that and he dragged me onto the street and he continued to beat me up on the street like literally on the street mm. and then he dragged me to like um an an empty yard or something you know like an, like sure. an old open space and he just continued to do that uh, so I couldn't walk for three days but he wouldn't let me <laughs> go to the hospital <laughs> so um, yeah so to say what well, to sum up my childhood in Yatrang it, it, it wasn't fun of course yeah it wasn't fun so um, when I was 17 I got this scholarship to, to study in the UK and that's, that was my first time to got out of Vietnam and um, probably <laughs> um, like because I, I didn't travel so much during my childhood either like I was, in, I was living in Nha Trang and then I only traveled to Dalat and maybe Saigon one or two times and then boom I just got to the UK mm -hmm. by myself and I felt so relaxed <laughs> I right. felt free, you know. So a uh, lot of a lot of Vietnamese parents would 
really worry worry when they let their children you know to study abroad at the age of like 16 17 but for my case i felt so happy <laughs> like mm. i was like oh yes finally somewhere really really far away where i could like um know about myself where i could explore about myself and there's no boundaries anymore because my, my childhood was like so so boring right <laughs> okay just sad and boring i had i had good time but it's just that i don't know it felt like a dream to me like 17 years it felt like a dream to me yeah yeah i see yeah so that's why earlier i told you that it was my 25th birthday yes but i felt like 15. Ah, okay. that you know that's the point because I you know I need this yeah <laughs> you feel like your childhood in a way not taken away from you but are you scarred a bit by your childhood by certain things that have happened yeah mm. yeah so um so from that childhood experience then do you think your creativity and the work you do within visual art do you think your childhood experiences have shaped you in your creative realm yeah, it does in a way, but I'm I'm still exploring it. So, um, well, my my mom was very good with music, so she's kind of like a musician, and my my dad was very good with painting. So I, I got a little bit, you know, here and there from them, but um, they didn't pursue, you know, their artistic career. So. Um, uh, I, growing up in Nha Trang, there, there wasn't much thing. So the scenery was, the art scenery was like, there was like almost nothing um, back in like um, 15 years or 20 years. So um, uh, most of the thing that I knew back then was from the internet. So I learned everything from the internet. And um, um, for, for my portfolio to apply for the school in the UK. So my major was fashion design. But it, w it was very weird because in my portfolio I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything fashion, so there was no clothes or anything or, or relates to fashion as you know it. Instead, I did lots of drawings and paintings, nude, naked, and I draw myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and was that quite liberating for you? Yes. Well, for I I always see is that's a normal thing because I think it's beautiful. Yes. I, because I felt like I didn't have enough cares and love <laughs> from where I grew up. So drawing myself and appreciating myself, like in painting and in pictures, a way you know, it's, it's like a self-love kind of thing. I don't know. And no, I was, yeah, I see. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, yeah, it's a little bit weird to to draw myself like naked, literally myself, um, at the age of like sixteen, seventeen, but. But I, I just I just do it. I, I was like, you know, I had nothing to lose and, um, you know, white people seems liberated. <laughs> so I don't think anyone going to judge me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yes, I just I just put it out. I, I, I really didn't give a shit. Like, I just... Um, did what I like to do, put everything into my drawing and just put it in the portfolios. And my English wasn't bad because I spent a lot of time, you know, like like I said, I didn't really have fun with my childhood. So I um, re released everything with, um, you know, 
uh, English speaking movies, music, and so I was pretty good English. So that helped me with the scholarship in the UK. So yeah, yeah just l- lucky. Yeah, very, was very lucky. And also, we've mentioned then the cathartic process, I guess, of drawing yourself. Mm-hmm. Were there any other practices that you did to really? I'm thinking from a self-help point of view mm-hmm. to really, I suppose, heal, shall we say that word, from your childhood experiences that mm-hmm. were particularly difficult. Were there anything, any other aspects of your art that you really enjoyed getting out on the pa- on the canvas, if that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Did you... Yeah. So um, I enrolled into like a drawing art, a drawing class, but you know, most of the drawing classes where I came from, there was for like um, there was for getting through the university examination. So it's it's very it's very technical. So they start you out with drawing um, shape and object, and then to the human form, and then you draw like um, statues and you know faces. It's very technical. I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that. So I was there for like a month or two, I think, and I just dropped out of class. You know, whatever. I I'm gonna do it myself. Like. Yeah, so it was kind of like a self-sort kind of thing with my drawing, yeah. But um, like fashion, I mean, I like fashion, but you know, considering the course for my, uh, when I was considering, you know, what should I get into for university, I even thought of other things like, um, you know, graphics or even fine arts, you know, anything to do with us. But I think it's maybe a little bit too much for me. I want some a little bit mix of commercial in it too. So I think fashion would be like um, like a good try because it's like a perfect combination between being you know being artsy, not too artsy, but also commercial, so lots of uh, calculation going in. I think it's just balance things out. Mm, yeah, I see. Me, yeah. yeah, and I, I guess I'm trying to work out where did this creative drive come from? Was this in you from a very early age? I think so. I yeah, I, I, I think so. I was very into drawing since I was a kid. I think it's um, I don't know, maybe it's genetic thing because my parents was into that, and then I uh, grew up like um, with films, movies, you know, music, yeah, so. It, it helps. I don't know when I when I when I look back at it, I I didn't think so much. It's just something that you like to do and you just do it. Mm. Yeah. That's the key. Mm. And then tell me about the UK. So you were there four years, and mm. before we recorded, we chatted briefly about the UK. I'm from there, so Mm-mm. I have my experiences. <laughs> and whenever I've interviewed people before who are from Vietnam but lived in the UK, I get different impressions. Some people love it, some people weren't so keen. What was your experience? It's cool. Now take your time, don't worry. I love it, you come love it? on. You yeah, love the, the tea or the UK? The UK, I point, <laughs> I point at the tea because like, I wouldn't ask for the tea if I if I didn't love it, like right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. That's why I thought you must love the UK. Mm-hmm. If the first thing, because I said to you, usually I say to a guest, "Hey, would you like some water?" They say yes. Some have beer, mm-hmm. but you were like tea. I was like, beer. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you definitely lived here, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, like 
I love it because I had a really good time with it. Like, I felt like for the first time ever, I felt I felt a little bit liberated. Like I could do whatever I wanted there, but not nothing too crazy. Okay, <laughs> nothing too crazy. I just felt I just felt like myself and tried different things. You know, did some experiments with myself, and I met some really good people. Like I was living there with um, uh, my host parents, so he's English fully from Norwich and she's Dutch so yeah we, we had a really good time I mean um, they was very old like 70 or 75 at a time and they didn't have any children and um, they let some students stay in the house with like a very small fee like very tiny so that helps that helps a lot because I my family didn't have a lot of money to start with oh and by the way uh, the scholarship was like 100% food full tuition fee so I didn't have to pay that for oh, the school nice. yeah so that, that's why I, I actually that's why I went to the UK because I was like oh okay so I don't have to pay any cent for this course okay I know that the UK was expensive but still you know yeah. I couldn't miss it yeah, yeah. so um, they helped me a lot and at one point um, he's uh, my English Dad, I said my host parents. His name Keith. So Keith just offered me to stay there without paying, without paying rent. So it's like, yeah, like, so I was like living there with them uh, and uh, one or two other students, literally like a family. So we celebrate everything uh, with Christmas and Easter. I, I mean, basically everything. And he helps me with my study as well. Like he he was doing proofreading for all of my essays. Yes. You're right, I see. At A, A all the time. No. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, it was great. Um, yeah, so they really felt like a second family to me. I, I still talk to them. I left the UK in 2018, so it's mm. like three years now. I haven't seen them, but I still keep in touch. Like, um, we were chatting, calling the other day, um, yeah, once every two months I think yeah and if it's not because of COVID and the lockdown I would se actually celebrate Christmas this year in Cambridge with them but <laughs> that, that doesn't happen yeah no worries mm. and what were your initial impressions then because the UK and Vietnam are obviously so so different I can't think of any real similarity from mm. the culture the food the weather etc how did you feel then, maybe your first couple of weeks in the UK? Did you adapt quite quickly or did you think, whoa, this is a whole different experience? <laughs> it is, it's interesting because, well, um, the UK, um, as the world knows it, <laughs> well, um, I, I saw that I saw that phase, like during the first few weeks or like during the first month and then it started to get a little bit crazy. <laughs> when I got into your your kinks uh, <laughs> yeah like um, well I, I didn't feel um, I didn't really feel um, strange at first because I did my research before coming to the UK I mean uh, we were watching movie documentaries uh, readings you know so when what, I got there what movies did you watch uh, for UK uh, life <laughs> Sherlock, <laughs> yeah, yeah Sherlock and no, I, I don't want to say the second one because that's, that's so funny. Say it. No, please say it. <laughs> Mr. P. Oh my lord. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then I got them like, it actually makes sense. Right, okay. 
So Does you watch it... Mr. Bean to like get a sense of the British life. <laughs> uh, yes, and your your humor. Yes. But it got me. It still got me until this day. The... I couldn't. I couldn't get through your sarcasm. I couldn't. Yeah. Like, like don't don't try it on me. <laughs> I'm gonna fail. Horribly. Don't even try. It. Yeah, it's one of those. Like, I always say, I can't even describe sarcasm. I say mm-hmm. something that doesn't really make sense. People's... <laughs> Like, I, I can't explain it to Americans or Vietnamese. They just don't understand the sarcasm. It is very British. I think mm. I I can't think of any other country that has the sarcasm the way we do. No. Yeah, it's no. It, yeah. I can imagine that being a challenge. <laughs> to be fair to you, yeah. It's a challenge to the world. Uh, yeah. So uh, during the first few weeks, it was good. People was very polite and expected. Yeah. So it was like, oh, not bad. You know, I couldn't. I could handle this. It was easy. You know. And people was friendly, and then I, I started to realize things. Such as, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like uh, when you said something, it it didn't really mean that way. Yeah, so um, but I, I had a really good classmate. So they were English, and there was like, you know, they was explaining it to me. Oh, you know, that's that's not how it is. You know, that's not how how you know this. Let let me decode that for you. And mm-hmm. so um, yeah. So so I had some good fun there. Yeah. But uh, something, I uh, something that I really that I really miss is that um, you know I I didn't I didn't travel so much when I was in the UK. So imagine I was there for like three and a half year, almost four years. But I only been to a few cities. So I wish that I could have seen more. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I was I was poor as fuck. <laughs> I was a student. Like I was living in the house. It's like paying like, minimum minimum rent. And um, basically didn't have any money, so yeah. And studying fashion was very expensive. Yeah, I can imagine. Very expensive. So I was telling you that I was living in Cambridge, but I had to go to London every weekend, every weekend, because you always have to go to the fabric market. You always have to do your research, go to the shop, seeing things, art galleries, exhibitions, or sort of that. So every. Everything happens in London, so I have to travel to London all the time. So it's it's cost quite a lot, um, and of course when you're there, uh, I have to see my friends, and you know you have to go out. It's like yeah, yeah. And London is very expensive. <laughs> very, very, very. I mean, yeah. well, I suppose all of the UK is, but from Manchester to Vietnam, I was astounded. I was like, beer costs fifty p. This costs like one pound fifty. <laughs> wow! Like street food is like forty p. But uh, London yeah. is a different ball game. It's like everything is so expensive. I just can't imagine yeah. ever living there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And when you first got to London, I'm trying to think of the stereotypes you get. So you have like the Tower of London and the big red top bus and the palace, etc. Was it anything like you expected? It, it was expected. I actually wasn't impressed very much because I was like, you know, I saw it on the screen and I saw it in real life and then I was like, yes, okay. I mean, I could imagine, you know, I could imagine, but I was impressed with the tube. <laughs> the tube? That impressed you? <laughs> Why? Yes. Just so quick it's, and direct, efficient? People was crazy. Mm. And, then, and then you got weird people on the tube. And then you got some really nice tube, like the new one, and then you got the old ones. And then, you know, some stations look very sketchy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, sure. <laughs> so it it was good fun, and then I love I love London. Um, well, I I love Cambridge too. Um, it's pretty. It's small. It's pretty. Very academic. Um, very nice. But you know, sometimes I just love some 
you know, some crazy nights in London. I spent like, a f I remember there was one summer when I was living in London for like one and a half months with my friends, and I was like going around with her, and then I discovered like different parts of London. Like it's like a like a tiny mix of every culture in the world so i i really i really enjoy that and um uh, i talked to my friends in vietnam about it they, of course they they all think of the stereotype like the politeness of course you you guys are polite and then, then other things like the like the red phone booth or you know the queen or the palace of also of that but no what what but for me london is like you know I I remember subcultures more, like different groups. I remember East London, <laughs> I remember Peckham, I remember um, Camden, Camden Town. That's, that's, that's what I remember and that's what I love about London. The pop crawls, I miss doing pop crawling in yes. London. Could you do that here? In Saigon? Yeah. Yeah, but you have to drive everywhere and driving on a pub crawl is yeah. not a good idea. I'm yeah. not endorsing that by yeah. any stretch. So you can do it though, mainly in Taodian. Like you can walk mm. to bars in Taodian, yeah, which yeah. I have done. Mm. Yeah. But in D1, you can't really do it either because you'd have to drive everywhere. This is the difference between, say, Saigon and London. London is great because you just hop on the tube, mm. station to station. I've never done that pub crawl though. I think it would be very fun. Mm. Uh, just popping to different pubs. Should we do it? Let's do it. In London? Let's yeah, cool. 2024? Let's assume be like, let's yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah why not? Fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have some friends there. Do you? Nice. My yeah. best friend from the UK has moved from Manchester to London. Mm. So I, will, I also have friends there. I've mm. got family there too. So yeah, let's do it. Let's go to Manchester. Yeah. Any ideas of Manchester in your mind? Do you know anything about it? Like any other Vietnamese people, other than that, I guess so. Or football. <laughs> football. That's, yeah, that's and that's it. I've I've never met anyone from Manchester, to be honest. Like from other cities, yes. Yeah. But okay, so you're the first one. So. But let me tell you about it. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of football. We take football very seriously. Mm -hmm. Do you like football? Um. Um. Uh, I watch. I watch it sometimes, but I'm not like really, really into it. You sure. Know? Yeah. If you had to choose one team to support, who would you choose? Mm, like uh, Premier League, you mean? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, Is there one club that you think, yeah, I'd support them? Bear in mind, I'm no, from. No, no, okay. le uh, le let's not talk about that. Okay, let's no worries, not yeah. talk about that. I was just going to say, I'm from Manchester, Manchester United supporters. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've just given you that. But yeah, no, it's cool. Manchester, I think, is a smaller London where it's still got the same vibrancy, still mm -hmm. got the same energy. There's been a lot of amazing bands from Manchester. There's a lot of great football, a lot of great history, but the weather is dreadful. That is the uh, only... Like any other cities? Uh, I guess, there. Yeah. I guess, it's but Manchester's crap. like notorious for being more uh, rainy than the rest. It's mm. always rainy. Mm. Always. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. Mm. It's fun though. Yeah, it's fun. So with that then, we've talked about the design and your studies in the UK. I, I'm trying to think, when you come back then to did you come back to Vietnam in 2018 when you left London? Uh, yes, I, I, um, I came back here for si almost six months. And then China? Yeah, and then China because I had an, a work offer ah, in, cool. in, in China. Was that to do with fashion design? Yes. Nice. Yeah, so okay. um, it, it was very interesting because um, the city that I was living in China was Guangzhou. Like the 
the fourth biggest city in China, and it was, it is very big. Like it's fourth in China, but you know it's bigger than most city in the world. Like it's very big. And so um, I was working for a supplier. So basically, my job, you know. So you you from the UK, you know about brands. Do you know about brands like ASOS or yes. Boohoo? Yeah, yeah. So yes. so basically, I they they barely do their own design. So their team just most of the time they were just off to China, um, and of course they do the manufacturing in China, right? But then you know the Chinese people, you know they catch up really quick and they start to offer design as well. So. There's less work for you know for 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 the British company. They just come to China, not just doing manufacturing, but literally just pick out style and items from the lookbook, and 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 China just do that for them. So it's much easier, it's yeah. quicker. So I was so that's what I was doing. So the company in China, they was recruiting me because I had some experience <laughs> with the UK market. So I I kind of. I kind of knew what the girls wearing, what they like to wear, also that, and I was studying there. So um, yeah, so the main market that I was working for was the UK. Yeah, it's just strictly UK. ASOS, sure. A ASOS and Boohoo was our our main clients. Nice. And what's it like then supplying to? Because I'm remembering I bought a lot of ASOS in my <laughs> student years. There was always a discount if I remember correctly. <laughs> what was it like then supplying for these brands? Yeah, so um, basically you have all the fabric that you cut, that all the fabric that you got, like, I think maybe 99% from China. Um, yeah, so uh, our job would be, you know, to go to the fabric market or, you know, fabric suppliers because it's, they actually separate, separate it, like you have fabric and then you have the clothing manufacturing, they can't go together because it's too wide too wide so um, I'll pick out you know what kind of fabric will be in season what kind of prints um, what kind of color will be in seasons and then I'll de develop some style you know based on based on that fabric based on the material I, I pick the fabric and I pick the material I assemble them together um, with the design and then we we have like a sample rooms which you know people people doing technical things that I, that I don't do so they just uh, make the samples for us and then say like you know this one's okay yeah put it in the showroom and um, we have two seasons per year so the clients gonna come to China either in um, both sorry both in March and in September so March would be for winter because they need like six months in advance to prepare and then September would be for next spring so uh, yeah so that was two times of a year where all the clients would come and then they would look into the showroom and they're gonna pick out what they like or if they want to make some changes to a design so uh, we gotta note it down we're gonna change it according to them also we're gonna offer them like uh, more design maybe on the not with the physical samples but on papers on you know a drawing prints you know fabrics and um, we do that for them yeah so very interesting and because i work in fast fashion so um there's there's a lot of samples per year i think for one season so two seasons per year one season would be i don't know maybe 400 or 500 pieces yeah that that's standard that's standard right. yeah, yeah yeah and are there any things that are perhaps misconceptions about working in the fashion industry any stereotypes that 
aren't quite true. So pe- pe- people always think it's very fancy. So that you know, when you think of fashion, you think of these you know show and flashing lights and also that. But that's not quite true because it's like there's many m- many sections in fashion. So you have like the top tier and you have the lower tier. And so you like people always think of like um, the middle or the top tier, you know, something nice and fancy. But actually, the the, the lower tier would be like the most popular. Like I said, you know, and like ASOS, Boohoo, something cheap, um, very diverse. Mm, yeah, so it's 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 not that nice and it's not that creative when you work with like the the, the casual common tiers because there's not so many newness. You just pick something that uh, commercial that you you know you know that's something that you know always work that people always like and then you just change tiny parts of it. Yeah, small details or even like different colors, different prints, just to match, um, you know, match the trend. So that yeah, so it's sure. it's not it's not that creative when you work at that here. But I actually enjoy it very much, because, you know, it's a job, <laughs> uh, it's a full time job, and um, I'm 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 not that hardworking to be honest. I liked well, I don't see my. Job. I don't merge my my job and my my hobby and my interest into one. So doing something like that, which is which is a little bit more commercial, a little bit more technical, some creativity we put into it, but not so much. Uh, I I prefer it like that so that in my you know personal time I have like this energy for myself because I like to do things for myself like you know some drawings just for fun, you know making videos. The content online just for myself is something that I like to do. Yeah, yeah, you do this for an intrinsic reason because you enjoy it rather than because you'll get likes or followers mm-mm, or mm-mm. yeah. But mm, not not for that. It it started out for myself. I started my TikTok channel um, less than six months ago, so in June, and now it's like it's almost ninety ninety five thousand followers so at the end of this month it's going to be 100,000 followers do you know that or is this your prediction I I know that I know that it's going to be before the end of the month I'm sure of that Excellent. yeah (laughs) Yeah. but um but the interesting thing about my channel is that it's 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 non-profit so you have a lots of people who do contents online when they reach like a certain amount of followers they will take spot are you okay yeah it's cool Uh, I just have like cracky joints (laughs) yeah so they will start to get like sponsorship so they start to promote brands and products on their videos on their page which is something that I don't like to do I find it so I I don't know you know it's it's a little bit meh you you know what Mm. I mean and I don't like to promote the thing that I don't know about yeah Right, so, I see. Yeah. So with TikTok, I'm not on the TikTok. Don't sphere. don't don't do it. Why, why not? <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, you you can do it, but it's um it's gonna take a a while for TikTok to for for the algorithm to to get you and to suggest you what you like. Otherwise, it's gonna bring you bullshit. Right. Yeah, okay. like like stupid videos. You know, either people dancing or you know very like stupid, toxic like retarded contents um but anyway i mean tiktok is a platform 
was meant for you know like really young people like really young people so um, or and f it's for entertaining mostly so it's okay that people put like silly things there you know just enjoying it but then um, you know it's, it's getting better now I my friend uh, the guy that suggested me to do it he's very close with the TikTok team in Vietnam like the the country manager and uh, what they're trying to do with TikTok is that they're trying to compete um, very strongly with YouTube and Facebook so they're starting to put more educational contents in yeah and they're trying to promote um, um, you know good content so mm. um, yeah so um, yeah so that's what so it's not that bad yeah, yeah I yeah. see I was going to ask you then if you've done it six months and got to 95,000 followers uh -huh. how does that work how did you manage to do it so um, okay so at first I went when I started it out I didn't know what to do with it so I actually follow the lead my friends like uh, my friends be like you know um, just what whatever like because you're so new to this and I was so new to social media to be honest because I I only started posting six months ago before that I was like I was like a ghost <laughs> I was invisible so um, uh, he was uh, suggesting me to do like what people are doing you know something that young people would like some silly thing which was very wrong to me but I tried out and obviously it didn't work because it was it was so cringy it wasn't me so I dropped that I dropped the one I deleted that one that channel don't ask me about it and then I started my own when the lockdown happened so I would I had nothing I had no equipment had no light the only thing that I had was my phone and then my my working space so I just started off with that and because I was very good with talking you know I I, I think so so I, I started to just like um providing um in um videos like uh, you know talking videos providing information a little bit educational and um on my f fourth or fifth videos I was I was doing a video about you know suggesting what kind of Instagram pages that you should follow if you like into visual art and you know, some really cool pages and it got 30,000 views after like one night that, that's the first that's the first kind of like thousand views thing that I had and it started to go from there yeah it started good it kicks from there mm. and now I have I think I have like 992 videos so ninety two video, so that that that's quite a lot to me. Yeah, and yeah. how do you avoid say comparison? Because I'm thinking of other social media platforms. There'll be a lot of people doing similar, and it's very easy to fall into the trap of, or oh, they're better than me, or I'm not good enough, etc. How do you navigate that challenge? Who do you think I am? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I thought of that, um, but actually, content that I put out. Um, well, I see it myself. Also, the people see it. Uh, they're actually quite unique compared to um, the Vietnamese audience, because I was I was putting out basically the thing that I knew from the UK. There, yeah, the books books that I read, like essays, like uh, nobody's gonna gonna put their essays on on TikTok. But I well, I didn't do that. I I picked out fractions 
like it's a little bit philosophical but I did it with a very like very casual tone a little bit funny so that is it's, it's more approachable to, to a wider audience mm. yes and mm. yeah and I improved myself through time because yeah I I tried different things like different tones in my videos and um, different kinds of content to see what they like yeah so it's, it's just something that you know through time and the content I put out either is something that I learned from the UK from the books or from my own personal um, experience because like the other day I was making I was posting a videos about um, you know about the ways of fast fashion so I was like I was telling them that I, I came to Bangladesh three years ago and you know Bangladesh is like one of the it's worse than Vietnam what they experience right. with, with fashion with fast fashion it's, wor it's even worse than Vietnam or the pollutions so that and I was there I saw that I had an experience uh, it's very new to the community like how many how many people here how many Vietnamese people have been to Bangladesh can't think of many you are the first one <laughs> <laughs> not the first one but maybe very rarely like like one of the few people who work in fashion mm. has been to Bangladesh. Right, I see. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because like earlier you asked me about you know, what kind of stereotype or perception that people think about the fashion industry. Of course, they always think of you know something fancy, something glamorous. You think of London, Paris, Paris New York, most of that. But uh, no, I bring you to Bangladesh. You see that? So that's different side of it. So that's the that's the uniqueness that I brought to my channel. And if someone tried to copy it. Uh, no, they couldn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they couldn't because they, they didn't ha have that experience. Yeah. Yeah, so it's authentic. Mm, yeah. yeah. I like that. And <laughs> I suppose what's your favorite thing about the work you do? I understand that might be tricky or maybe broad, but what is your favorite aspect about your work? Favorite aspect about my work? Yeah. I, I, like, to, I like to stay connected to, to people. I used to be very shy. Like, um, I know that I work in the creative industry, but I was very shy about myself. I, when I was in the UK, I didn't think that I was good enough because, you know, I had a very, I didn't have that kind of background. I was a neutral, uh, uh, neutral, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a, in the right environment where it's like, where you're being like a, you, you could be really liberated or surrounded by an RC scene or going to art gallery. I didn't have any of that. So when I came to the UK and I had to kind of like compete with all the people, like not, 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 not just British people, but basically all the students, all the students around the world. Like, so I, um, I had a very low self-esteem at, at the time because um, the art was, was, you know, very 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 tricky very tough very competitive like even in the UK if you study fashion and you graduated it's very hard for you to get a job in fashion like mo most of my friends in uni uh, they're doing something else yeah, yeah. They, they, they couldn't stick with the industry it's too tough um, so I was having that problem for for years and then it's reached to the point when I got back to Vietnam, I just, this year, I just didn't care anymore. And I, I thought to myself, I, I was very, 
like my mindset changed in in a way and i started to like with tiktok i started to to like open opening myself up to the world a little bit more and i just didn't really care what do people say about my work um yeah i didn't try to be cool or anything and that's how that's how people like me because i'm because i it's, it feels so casual yeah. my channel is very casual and that's what people like and that's what i like too because it's allowed me to to reach more people yeah of course yeah. and i have one idea that the fashion world from my limited knowledge mm -hmm. is quite ruthless like it seems very, like it's yeah. yeah how do you navigate that Mm, no, I, I, I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it, it's, it's very tough. Um, I remember going to like various interviews in the UK where they just look at you like, you know, they didn't want to talk to you at the moment. So, like they call you for an interview and when you show up, you know, I just, I just knew that they didn't want to talk to me. Yeah, so you get that like, vibe. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah so but that that's just how it was because you know the uk kind of like it's reached a level i mean it's very great with art and fashion with um movies music it's really great but it's so it's reached to the point that it's just too hard for young people too hard and um, we at student, we were just we, we treated like you know it's just just how it is. We 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 accepted that, and if we couldn't have it, you know it's fine, you know. It's yeah. Just, yeah. And and then I w when I left the UK, I felt I felt really bad. Like you know now I'm graduated now I feel like a loser. <laughs> yeah, I I graduated. I graduated, which is great. Okay, it's finished. I have my degree, but now I feel like a loser because I I didn't know what to do next. Um, yeah, um, and then I had this offer in China. I, I but when you actually like started to work, you know things just changed. Yeah, I I saw things differently. I met more people, and I I started to gain my confidence. And when I got back to Vietnam for like the second time this year. Uh, yeah, I I could see that um, some people actually respect me more because I had an ed education, also some experience. So when I say something, it's it's instantly more reliable. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, I'm at the point where I I just don't care anymore. You know, like yeah, it it is ruthless, but it's also up to your mindset. You know. If you take it easy, then it is easy, you know. Yeah, yeah. makes and, sense. And and that's 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 the overall that's the overall vibe that I brought to my channel. Yeah. 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 And why did you come back then to Vietnam this year? What was it that brought you home? Uh, well, the, um, hmm. Because because the company in China they shut down that department because of COVID. Ah, okay. Yeah. But I, but I actually consider it as, as a good thing because I, I couldn't stay there for really long. I mean, uh, in terms of work, it was good for me because I got to know lots of things, but um, um, my personal life wasn't very exciting. Yeah, I, I didn't speak Chinese, so I didn't have many friends there, mostly experts, so I was making friends with experts. 
and you know there was just something about the life there that didn't match me very much it, it just wasn't my vibe it's very it's very modern and I had an, a very easy life even though I couldn't speak the language but everything was automatic so you actually didn't have to, to talk to anybody you go to the shop and you just scan it and and they they they, they don't even speak to you like so life, life was very easy you don't have to communicate so much but um yeah i felt a little bit bored <laughs> yeah. yeah so um uh, actually coming back to vietnam is not that bad but then uh, i don't know i was like having fun here for like two months and then the lockdown happened like, yeah <laughs> but those two months you found it quite fun right when saigon is operating at its yeah. peak it can be great i i i had a really good time yeah i was hanging out you know exploring some of the pubs here i should go out more i know yeah uh, and it's it's not so bad because when i got back to vietnam i got a job like um i was doing a um, design job online for a company in finland so basically basically it was very good because like the company in finland and now i'm in vietnam i work from home online by myself and i could enjoy the scenery you know like so it, it was not that bad for me. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. Yeah, so, um, okay, great. Yeah. yeah, and I guess <laughs> we're coming to the end of the conversation, or nearly, yeah. and a question I always ask the guests towards the end, it can be quite broad, but I'll, I will suppose uh, okay. it. Um, what would you like to achieve going forward? This can be with your channel, with your fashion experience prior. What would you like to achieve in the next coming weeks, months, maybe years? Mm. Okay, so um, I just I just quit my job with that Finland company. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm like um, because I I told you about the that friend of mine who suggested me to do TikTok. Yes. And he's also a businessman. So he's like, uh, uh, now we I'm getting some popularity online. So um, the next step would be you know to have my own brand. That's what he's saying. Uh, I, I know I should decide for myself, but um, at the moment I'm getting quite nervous because I, I never work for myself. So uh, having my own brand here, I don't know. I'm, I got a little bit scared because um, actually the um, the fashion scene in Saigon actually quite vivid. You have a lots of like small shops, like local brands. It's actually very vivid and um, I. I'm not a business person myself, so thinking about that like scared me a little bit. But I know that I have to do something because that's what actually that's what that's what I'm expecting for myself and people expecting for me as well. But I'm I'm taking it like easily. I'm not rushing myself. Mm. You know? Yeah. 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 Do you have any like self care tips that you use to keep you on top of your game? Like, do you read? Do you journal? Anything like that, or? Relax. 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 Nice. Yeah. Because I, I know that, well, I think um, personal development is a little bit, a little bit overrated. You, <laughs> it, I, I think it is because you, you're always doing some sort of personal development, whether you want it or not, like just naturally, like me being here, like speaking to you, like getting to know you, you getting to know me. Is it like, oh, opening ourselves up it's it's a good thing as well like yeah. yeah yeah so don't don't take yourself like too seriously don't do anything stupid or dangerous 
but also don't take yourself too seriously like just having just having fun just yeah. be just be kind to yourself i was somebody who expecting a lot as myself when i was when i was in high school when i was in uni when i just started out and you know working and then it's just and then i realized that things just happen naturally it's just let things happen organically yeah 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 like yeah do do something that you enjoy yeah, yeah if you like being on your own reading books and journal do it if you don't like books you don't have to <laughs> you could talk to people you know I, I i i i never thought that you know going out and drinking is, is a bad thing like me neither just, <laughs> yeah it's just getting to know people well well a lot of people does like my parents like <laughs> I see that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, just doing something that you enjoy, just relax. I mean, you have many years ahead, so you know what's the, what's the what's the point of you know just don't don't beat yourself up. Nice, uh, that's a great message. Yeah. yeah, a great one to end on, and also talking about doing things because you enjoy them mm-hmm. rather than because you'll get some kind of external validation. That's mm-hmm. a great. A great takeaway, and I think mm. people will appreciate it. So, thank you for sharing, Nee. Mm. Uh, do you have anywhere we can follow uh, your brand online? Perhaps your TikTok. Uh, I don't. <laughs> you could follow me on TikTok. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, the name pretty long. I can't. I can't say it here. It's pretty long. Okay, it's cool. Annoying. I can include it in the description. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah please do. Nice. But it's it's in Vietnamese. So if you're Vietnamese and you're listening to this, then please do follow. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean. Or you could, or you could leave my phone number there if someone wants to invite me for, for a drink. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no worries. No, I, yeah. I know, I'm just kidding, but you know, if that's happened, like I won't, I wouldn't say no. That sounds very like um, sound sound cliche, but it's the truth. Come on, like just listen to me. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Neat. Thank you very much. All the very best. Yeah. yeah thanks.